I'm Jordan. And I'm Donnie. And this is a podcast about the stuff in our New York City apartment. How we find it. Where we put it. And why we're into it. Welcome to Apartment 26. Since we teased it last week, this week we are talking about decorating in a shared space. Yeah, sharing. Which I think is a particularly New York City topic, or I guess cities in general, but in our experience, a New York City topic. Because I always thought that I would own property on my own at some point. Um, But that's not how things work here, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. I've always lived with a roommate and or you. (laughs) So... All of my decorating decisions have been with someone else, fundamentally. And knowing how to do that is a skill, I think. Yeah, especially when there's multiple roommates in the picture. Like upwards of three, I would say, gets a little tricky. That's definitely more your experience, I think. It's something <laughs> you can speak to. I've never had more than two roommates. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's not much to say to it. It's just tricky. I mean, I think in Bushwick in particular, that was a little bit of a different vibe because there's a lot of established pieces that are already up from people who have been living there much longer than I had. And I really had no beef with it. You know, really, I would say my bar is pretty low as long as no one's putting up offensive shit. <laughs> like <laughs> I kind of roll with whatever people want. And even in Austin, I wasn't much like, I don't think anyone really decorated the shared spaces too much. I think we had a flag in the living room for a minute, like a maybe Brazilian flag from Jamie, but like, I wouldn't say your Alston apartment was decorated. Yeah. <laughs> That's not the word I would use. Oh, yeah, no. I don't remember if it was a flag. It was something for a minute we had. Uh, but now I'm trying to remember. There yeah. was some sort of tapestry on yeah. the wall. Like a... That's something. Like a woven thing. Maybe it was woven, yeah. Anyway, in Bushwick, think, like, things were pretty well established. And then when we got the bookshelf, that was a bit of a to-do. That's true. Yeah. That. that was like the biggest <laughs> that was like the biggest conundrum for a little while. But even that, I mean, it just took discussion amongst peers. And like hearing everyone out, making sure everyone felt comfortable with it being their space and being able to contribute. I mean the idea of it was a communal thing. Yeah, I think if anyone was bothered by it, the expectation just is that we all trust each other to raise our voices if need be, or like raise a stink maybe if maybe raise our voices like not to shout at each other but to say <laughs> to like say something about it if it bothered us and i think in that situation you know everyone i lived with there was great but that probably isn't everyone's case with roommates in the city well i think that the important thing i mean we're talking about this in all sorts of iterations right like living with roommates living with your partner mm-hmm. um So there are different relationship dynamics going on in everyone's situation. I guess I've been lucky also that I've never had to, like, fight someone about Mm. our decor. And I know that some people have more contentious roommate relationships than that. So I suppose we're not really talking to them because in those situations, decor is not your biggest problem. (laughs) Um, Fair. But, yeah, I think that communication is key in those situations when you have shared space. Even when we're doing things like communicating 
as clearly as possible up front before decisions are being made mm -hmm. tends to be the most important so that everyone's expectations are the same. Yeah. And everyone knows what's going to happen and no one is shocked when something happens. Mm. Also something weird that I wanted to dispel up front was this thing in decor and lifestyle that I see discussed a lot with like male and female stereotypes about who's involved in which decisions. Mm -hmm. And there used to be this show on HGTV that was called like decorating for the sexes or something very strange like that, wow. where usually a couple, a heterosexual couple would be on TV and he would be like, I only like modern contemporary. And she would be like, I only like French country. And then they'd have to bring in a mediator to decide uh, what kind of couch they were going to get. It's a lot. Yeah, that's some like early 2000s bullshit that I really can't get on. But even still, like, I've read whole design books that are addressed specifically to women, like with female pronouns mm -hmm. and things. And that feels really weird to me because you live in this space mm -hmm. and you care about the things that come into this space mm -hmm. as equally as I do. Mm -hmm. And even in situations where you've lived with all male roommates, decor decisions are still being made. Right. And so, yeah, I, something I like about young house love a lot is that they're both very equal in these discussions. And often they'll say like, our style is X and we together chose this thing and like these color palettes and hmm. it's very equalizing. And I feel like that's a better way to have these discussions because it's not really about like who cares about what, you know? Right. Like there aren't, you didn't pick all of the masculine pieces in here. And really, <laughs> frankly, like furniture doesn't have a gender. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Except for the butt pot. That's true. But the butt pot, I would say the butt pot has a sec, like an anatomical sex, though. <laughs> we don't know what its gender is. That's fair. Yeah, fair. <laughs> Moving on from that, that was just like an aside that I wanted to throw in there. It's right. like I refuse to have discussions under that pretense because it's not about that. It's about decor. Boom. <laughs> um, but yeah, I wanted to throw out some examples of situations where we've compromised um, either with roommates or with each other and how really like decorating in a shared way I think is helpful. Mm -hmm. So in my first apartment, when I moved here, my roommate actually found these Ikea frames in the trash room scavenging since day one. Yeah. And it's, it was cool because they had awful art in them. I think they were like prints of flowers, but they weren't even like classic Georgia O'Keeffe prints. They were just like shitty flowers, Nice. <laughs> but the frames were good and frames are kind of expensive. So we took the frames and basically I went to paper source and I just bought pieces of paper that we were going to frame. Mm -hmm. And this was something that we had discussed and my roommate wasn't really that invested in it. She was just like, sure, whatever. Mm -hmm. But when I was there, I kind of took into account the fact that we have different styles and we like different things. And specifically we liked different colors a lot. Um, and so I bought a piece of paper that was red, which is not really a color that I bring into decor very often, but I know that she was particularly fond of. Mm -hmm. And so it was more of a compromise that way. And it ended up looking really nice and I liked it, but it was also kind of a like, I know this is our shared space and it's something that I want to bring in that we can both like. It's nice. Yeah. 
So that was an easy way to do something like that, to like do a project I was already doing, but take into account someone else's investment in it. Wow, look at you. Yeah, compromise. <laughs> but we've done that too. Like you picked the kitchen paint color mm. and that wasn't a color I thought I was going to like. And then it turned out that I did like it. And so that was great. And if you hadn't have been here, I would probably still be like in there swatching weird olive paint <laughs> colors. <laughs> you know? Mm. I do. I can picture it pretty clearly. <laughs> it just would be covered in swatches, actually, probably. Yeah, definitely. And yeah. then it would maybe just, like, that would be the aesthetic of it. It would look just kind of like a spotted wall. Well, Yeah, that would be a weird time. Mm. Good thing you were here. Yeah. <laughs> you also um, were the one who found the throw pillows, or I guess convinced uh, yeah. me to get the throw pillows, because I was going to walk away from them. It started with a leopard. Yeah. Yeah. Guy was like a joke at first, but then I was like, is this a joke or is this secretly awesome? And it was on the sale shelf. Yeah, even more awesome. Not even secretly awesome, on sale. So, <laughs> yeah, and then I was like, oh, this is fun. And I was like, I don't know, it's too silly. And I was like, wait, this is my apartment. It can be as silly as I want it to be. <laughs> <laughs> and, I was, and then I was like, I think we should do this, and I think we should get this silly thing. But the other two, I think, more you found. After I was like, I want this silly one. Well, I think I liked the marbled one. And we were kind of like walking around with that one. And that was a safe choice. It's a pretty neutral choice. Yeah. Um, it was also on sale. So it was very fiscally responsible. And then you found the leopard on mm -hmm. the sale shelf. And we were kind of joking about it and debating it and kind of decided a little bit on it because it also went with the marbled one. Yeah. And then... The flower pillow was kind of like the partner to the leopard on the sale shelf. Yeah. Yeah. And we both kind of came to the conclusion that that was the right thing to do. Yeah, I would say it was unilateral in a very way. It makes it more fun, too, sometimes. You're not just, like, out by yourself trying to, like, find these pillows and making it a big <laughs> thing of, oh, my God, I have to find these pillows. This is such a monumental decision, you know, like... <laughs> We got to stand there and talk about, like, do we really want this leopard pillow? Is this weird? Should we do this? And the answer is yes <laughs> to all of them. <laughs> I had to pass on the ocelot back in the... That's true, you did. In the Glenn story in episode one. <laughs> <laughs> For new listeners out there. So we had to bring some sort of big game cat in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> gotta. Gotta tick that box. <laughs> big old check. <laughs> You also kept me from switching out the shower curtain. Mm, I did do that. Saved me from the brink. Yeah. Yeah, that just felt unnecessary. <laughs> but I think you saying, like, actually, I like this was important because I was thinking, oh, we just have this because it's fine. Like, because there's nothing wrong with it. Mm -hmm. And then you saying that you liked it made me feel like... Oh, this is a piece that someone purposefully chose to put here, and so I need to back off of it. Yeah, that sounds like way more intense than it was. I think you're like, I'm getting rid of it. I was like, why? I like it. I mean, I that was my experience of it, though. Oh, I, <laughs> I mean, it wasn't intense, I don't think, but I think I feel that I would sometimes make different design decisions if you were not here, but that they wouldn't necessarily be better, mm. you know? That I would have gotten rid of that shower curtain, I would have a different shower curtain, and I would feel fine about it, but 
that wouldn't necessarily be a better shower curtain. It wouldn't function any better than the one we have, you know? Yeah. And so you expressing like for it makes me feel like, oh, hello, nice shower curtain. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Puts it in a new light. You're also way better spatially than I am. Mm. When we were buying that basket that we were going to put the throw pillows in mm. when they were not on the bed, I was out there trying to buy crazy baskets. <laughs> <laughs> and you were like, I don't think that's going to fit there. <laughs> and it turns out you were totes right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. I'm always surprised. Honestly, that sometimes I'm better spatially than you because it seems like you have a better eye for a lot more things than I do. But yeah, I, I don't know what it is. It is a little bit tricky. It's sometimes a little eerie. Sometimes I'll just see things and be like, yeah, that's going to fit. And it just like clicks in my brain. I don't know. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, it's good that one of us has that. Like, I don't have total recall by any means, but something about like looking at something visually. Maybe I just played too much like Tetris as a kid. Mm. But I, I can just very vividly picture like how and where things will fit into place, which I would say in terms of my aesthetic, it's probably a big part of my aesthetic. Like... uh zoe's piece from the hawaiian shirts show way back that's here i was like oh it's gonna look really great centered between the two windows and i think it looks really great centered between the two windows and i thought of it that was even before we had a color scheme i was thinking really more spatially and i think that's why i like to do so much art hanging and like really look at that look at that vertical space because my mind travels a little more like up and down in and out with decor than so much color and pattern and the things that you seem to be a little more aware of or hip to, as it were. Yeah, I think I can um, imagine how something will fit visually in the space, how it will go with other things that already exist there, which is why when we were looking for the baskets, I was like, oh, we should get something like rattan or metal, you know, to like pull in some of the other elements we have going on. Mm. And I needed someone to be like, right, but we won't be able to walk if we have that <laughs> one. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah. I I feel like I have a very practical veer in my feelings of design. <laughs> uh, Our radiator is haunted, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. That was a particularly odd haunting sound. Um, anyway, I feel like I have, uh, yeah, like a very performance-driven view of design at times. I lose my train of thought a little bit with it. I'm not sure I can quite accurately describe it, because I never really think about it, to be honest, uh, with my own personal feelings about decor. Uh, it's not something I really analyze too often. Uh, besides, and so now we have this podcast where we talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, right. I mean, we do... I feel like we talk a lot about the apartment and the and like apartment living and things like that, but in terms of actual decor, I, don't know. I think a lot of times I might be the driving force of something. You know, I we kind of have this dynamic where I'll say I'm looking into getting X Y Z, and you'll say okay, or <laughs> that doesn't really make sense, um, and then I will present you with a bunch of options. Mm and kind of see how you feel about the options. Yeah. That seems to work for us in our dynamic. Oh, yeah, that's true. I guess that's kind of what I was trying to 
to dig at and chip away at. It's nice to have a partner who has the ideas, and then I can just be like, well, I don't know. I think if we get an eight-foot basket, that's going to be a problem. (laughs) 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 I love giant baskets as much as the next person, but, but. (laughs) That's fair. Yeah. Yeah, I guess my my aesthetic is driven by, like, livability more than anything, and, and, like, a desire to keep things spacious and fluid. For example, bringing it back to Bushwick, the one, uh, the one point of contention was I had the back room, and I think anyone listening from said Bushwick apartment will remember this. It was like a point of contention, and then it became a joke. Hopefully, I'm not like digging up any old wounds. Anyway, <laughs> I had the back room, and I'm waving my hand as if to motion walking up and down the hallway, but you all can't see it because it's a podcast. Um, Your apartment was very long and narrow based on the size of the building. So like most of the apartment was one hallway and the hallway kind of like culminated in your room, which was still technically a hallway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But you had the back door. Correct. That people would sometimes want to actually go out via the hallway via your room. Yeah. I think that's what you were trying to talk about. No. No, I wasn't actually. That was a different thing altogether uh, a different podcast living a backyard life in new york city uh no but that hallway that long narrow hallway would sometimes become cluttered and it became like my mission to keep it open mm. like when we had uh we would try different arrangements of a couch we had and sometimes it would be a long technically that hallway space it became this very big issue which like if the four roommates of that apartment were like politicians running on a platform my platform was like clear hallways <laughs> <laughs> and i feel like that sort of speaks volumes to to my design aesthetics you know now i'm catching my mm-hmm. my second you're wave. in it yeah. yeah it sort of speaks volumes to my design aesthetic where like i like shit i like art i like books i like cool things but if i can't like maneuver my life around those cool things then i don't think they're very cool like, you could put a fucking Michelangelo statue in the middle of this apartment space that I've curated and, like, we've curated to be an open floor, and I'd be like, what the fuck is this piece of junk doing in this space? <laughs> and not because I don't have respect for Renaissance sculpture, but because it would just be in the way of my living. And so I I think I bring that pragmatism to our partnership in terms of decor and design, Uh which is nice. I definitely have my opinions, and especially as we develop color schemes and as we paint it and as we move stuff around. I'm, I'd say I'm pretty particular about art and what happens with that. But beyond that, I'm really just like, what is the livability and like performance of this going to be? I think that segues nicely into my next point about projects, mm. because I like to do a lot of projects, which can be overwhelming in a small space. Um, our project space is also, as we've discussed, like our workout space slash the place we walk between the kitchen and the bedroom <laughs> slash a bunch of other things. Yeah. And there are kind of two ways, I think, to approach projects. One being doing the project together, which is actually something I've done with roommates before. If you remember mm-hmm. in our first apartment, we had that uh, shipping pallet coffee table. Mm-hmm. And that was actually a project we like pulled it off the street together and painted it together and like put the legs on it together. And so that was a nice bonding activity. Yeah. Um, you and I did a pair of chairs together, mm-hmm. which was fun, but you, you actually kind of hate projects a little bit. 
I think. You, like, tried really hard to be game, but I could tell the whole time you were like, this is stupid, and I don't know why we're doing it. Uh, I don't know. Um, I didn't mean to call you out no, right there on the okay. podcast. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. No, I don't know. I don't know that I hate projects. I feel like I get in over my head. Projects seem like a good idea, but all the tedious work that comes with it is a bit much, and it's like... It's not ever something I aspire to. Like, I I don't mind tedious shit. I, like, picked up baking as a hobby and talk about, like, some tedium and some, like, patience and some sitting around. Like, that That hobby's got it all. But, like, sanding for hours, which is just, like, doesn't do it for me, right? That's not the, it's not my path. That's fair. <laughs> as it were. And I think it's cool that it's yours. And I think it's cool that it's some people's, you know, some people really zone out and find like a pleasure in doing that kind of work and i find that pleasure in other things that people would probably perceive as tedious but the projects or like that chair example doing all i don't know what is it called doing all the, the cloth work we had to do the the upholstery yeah that was like hellish that was really hard <laughs> really i like upholstery i think it's way easier than sanding that project was rough. There was sanding and upholstery. It was like, <laughs> and staining. There was some uh, staining, and the stain was not behaving in the way that we wanted it to. Yeah, that was bad. Yeah. They came out great, though. Yeah, they looked great. Yeah. Point being, though, that because I know you don't like projects, the way I tend to approach doing projects is A, doing things that I know that I can achieve myself, that I won't start and then like rope you into because I can't <laughs> finish it because that's rude. Mm hmm. Also, I like to communicate up front and be like, this is what I'm doing. This is where it's going to be. It's going to be messy for X amount of time. Mm -hmm. Then I actually finish the project, which I think is really key and might be a point of contention among a lot of people if you are the sort of person who starts a lot of projects and doesn't necessarily wrap them up. Mm. It could be stressful to your roommates or your partner who are also trying to live in the space and there's just like a half-finished like headboard in the middle of the living room forever, you know? Um, so finishing projects and finishing them in a timely manner, definitely key. Mm -hmm. Like when I was doing the headboard, I was basically out here, I would say for a day. Um, and I think you were out of the apartment for part of that time, as is your want. Mm -hmm. um, but I knew like I was taking up this whole space and so I was going to have to get it done. I couldn't like get the batting on and then, you know, go have lunch or something. Like, <laughs> I did the whole thing and moved it into the bedroom and had it like ready mm -hmm. um, so that it wasn't hanging out forever. And then all of my materials went back into the place that they belonged so that we could live again. Essentially. Back from once they came. Yes. So I think that keeping your projects as low impact as possible and being very clear about how long they're going to take and what's necessary is important in shared space. Yeah, I feel like that's fair. I don't do a lot of projects like of that nature. So I don't know. I mean, I think that's fair. I, I mean, I'm pretty fortunate. You're really good at sticking to timelines and stuff. I don't know that I would be upset if you ever like ran over. But I don't know. I don't think it would be that frustrating. Because I know that you would be working on it. And it would, like, I would trust that you would finish it and that there wouldn't just be, like, a dresser in the space for months on end. Yeah, I think if I needed, like, an extra day or an extra weekend or something. But point being that the project is not, like, never-ending. Right, yeah. I'm thinking a little bit back to Bushwick of when we kept that chair mm. down there forever. 
And, but that was like, it, I don't know. I don't know if it was different. It was interesting. That was kind of a point of contention for people. Not me. At me. Yeah. <laughs> but it felt like there was space. And it was also, we weren't living together at the time. So you would just work on it occasionally when you were over. And I would feel like helping. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was a different vibe. So it took longer. But that's the only time I can think of that like a project is really dragged in any, yeah. in any way. I also wanted to talk about money a little bit. I hesitate to do that because this is not like a finance podcast by any means, but I think also it's kind of impossible to talk about design without having the undercurrent of money in the conversation. And I think in a shared situation, it's important to talk about. Yeah. I mean, I think we brought up money and some eco stuff talking about how much it saves and all that. So I think we've, uh, clear the landing strip as it were i think there are a few ways to go about money and decor when you live with other people one of which being that you can split stuff 50 50 and this i think i've done a few times like when my roommate and i bought a new futon because our current futon has had lived its best life and was really just like done (laughs) um I think I said, I'll look for some stuff in a certain price range, show you what I found. I showed her a few options. We picked one, and I think we both paid in 50-50 for it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's kind of tricky with roommates, though, because then, like, whose stuff is that? You know, if you already have money problems with your roommate, you might not want to be, like, finagling a couch right. in there. Or if it gets fucked up. Right. Like, if someone spilled wine on it like not just a little bit but fucking like got housed at a party (laughs) and like came back um this is like some worst case scenario maybe (laughs) it could be not that it could be an accident could be like someone rips it accidentally it's messy yeah it is messy it's fried (laughs) i think even with partners like you and i don't pool our money so i think there are fairly few things in here that we've gone 50 50 on specifically we use other methods of money management like mind control <laughs> well i didn't know that was a method you used but i guess that's out there now <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i don't know what we've got well 50 50 on yeah to be perfectly honest and i'm trying to think i can keep thinking if you want to keep going something else that i've done with roommates is one person buys the thing but then it belongs to that person mm. so like when I first moved here, I bought all the furniture for my bedroom because I knew in a roommate situation I was going to be spending a lot of time in my own space in my bedroom. But we didn't have any furniture anywhere else, and it was kind of dark. Mm-hmm. And my roommate brought that original futon, and that was like enough to just like sit and eat and watch TV and stuff like that. Um, but I got some Christmas money. <laughs> which was the only money I had at that point. Mm-hmm. And we went to Home Goods, and my thing was like, let's pick out some stuff that we both like, but fundamentally I am going to purchase it, and then when we are no longer roommates, I'm going to take it with me. Mm-hmm. And that ended up being what we did. Mm-hmm. And some of those things we still have, like the purple bench. Wow. Yeah. Longest lasting piece, I think, that I still have from early New York days. I also had a couple chairs that I got. Um, And actually what we ended up doing with that is this next thing, which is trading things of equal value. So when Mm. I left our living situation with that roommate, 
she offered to pay me for the chairs because she liked them and we didn't really have a use for them. Mm-hmm. And I ended up trading her the Keurig for them mm. because I used the Keurig more and it happened to be hers. So that was something that we just kind of felt everyone is even. That's totally fine. The barter system. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, and that ended up working for us. I think what you and I tend to do is something akin to that, where if we know we're going to make a number of purchases, I'll buy some things, you'll buy some other things, and it will kind of generally even out as to who is purchasing what. Yeah. Yeah. I was running through my head of all this stuff. I don't think we have split anything. I think we've always just bought, and then the other person buys the next big ticket thing, and on and on it goes. That's what happens to work for us. I mean, the way you handle money is also a very personal thing. So it has Mm -hmm. to be what works best for you and the person you live with. But I think the fact that we know that, like, there will be other things that we want to buy and, like, the the person who's up next can just get the next thing is, like, enough of an evening out for us. Yeah. Because otherwise we would just be constantly Venmoing each other back and forth and that would get tedious. Mm -hmm. Be, like, a closed circle of money too (laughs) just like giving you back the money you'd given me yeah exactly um and the last point i wanted to make less relevant to living with a partner but definitely for living with roommates is stuff you keep in your shared space versus stuff you keep in your personal space Mm. so like you were there when I bought Glenn, but technically we weren't living together. And so I brought Glenn back to my Crown Heights apartment uh-huh. with my roommates. And I put him out in the living room, but I talked to everyone and I was like, look, this is an aesthetic. I've chosen this aesthetic and that's fine. But if you guys find it to be abhorrent, I'll just take it into my room. Mm-hmm. And it turned out that they liked it. And so we left it in the shared space. But I think there's a lot of room to do what you want to do in your personal space in a roommate situation and then be more compromising in the shared space. Hmm. Yeah, I agree. I, well, I have never really had a lot of stuff, <laughs> period. <laughs> but like books, like the bookshelf I was talking about, I put my books out. That's really about it. Books is really all I've ever brought with me. I will say a little bit, like as we were talking about in last week's episode, that you brought that desk and I would not have chosen that desk, Mm. but that's your space, Mm -hmm. you know? And like, that's not a battle I'm willing to fight really. Like that's not where I want to use my point. So (laughs) (laughs) the desk stays. Mm -hmm. Damn right. And I think that's another tactic one can use. Mm. Yeah. I'd agree. In both cases, like partners and roommates, it's like a, I don't know. It's a give and take. It's like a social thing, but you get it. And I think it depends too on roommates, especially are tricky. If you're like, if you've bopped into somewhere from Craigslisting. That's true. Yeah. Then like my experience with Craigslist people, people are either very subdued or very aggressive <laughs> with, with their uh, lifestyle choices and you. Um, and there's not a whole lot of gray area in that dichotomy. Yeah, I think it definitely has to do with relationship dynamics. And you obviously shouldn't, like, force the decor question if there are bigger, more important questions that need to be dealt with beforehand. Mm -hmm. But I think, like I said previously, decorating with someone else in a shared space 
can be fun and can push you to do different sorts of things that you maybe wouldn't necessarily have done on your own. Mm-hmm. And I think there's this idea of people being like, oh, well, I live with roommates, so, like, I can't have this, like, beautifully decorated house like I see in magazines and, like, I want one day when I live by myself. And like I said, in New York, that's not really something that everyone has ever. Mm. And so you can have a cool decorated apartment with a roommate, you know? Like, every roommate situation I've been in, we've decorated. Mm -hmm. It hasn't been exactly my vision or it hasn't been, like, exactly to the standard that we're at right now. Mm. Like, 2013 Jordan Decor was at a different spot than 2019 Jordan Decor. Mm -hmm. But at every stage, I was making decor decisions and felt like my space was mine, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel pretty similarly. At least about my my personal rooms, the place I've been. I've always tried to keep an aesthetic, I think. I think it's just helpful. But that's maybe a broader topic for another time. Um, Yeah, I would say... It's cool. It's like a nice, it's a nice like give and a take and development of a relationship too with a partner. Like just learn more about each other and each other's styles, no matter how long or short of a time you've been together. Like when it comes to really being like, what do you want here? You know, I mean, I guess you could fudge it and try to be really passive about it, but ultimately it's like, you got to let the other person know how you feel because you're going to be there too all the time. (laughs) It's Um, like your actual house. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And so it leads, I don't know. I think it, I was going to say breeds a lot of honesty, but that sounds weird (laughs) because I don't know if honesty is something you breed. um, Maybe it like fosters. Foster is good. Yeah. Yeah. Fosters a lot of honesty and honest conversation that bleeds into other realms of romance and relationship and yada, yada. I think, yeah, just talk to people, talk to each other. That's all I got. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of Apartment 26. For more info on the stuff we talk about on this episode, check out the show notes linked below. And follow us on Instagram at apt26podcast. See you next time. <laughs>